0: To help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. One of the best habits I've made as it relates to this podcast is that I choose the next week's song the week before so that I can announce it at the end of an episode so that you can listen to it before the next week's episode if you'd like but really it's worked out it's really for me i mean it's so that i don't have to decide where i'm going to start when i sit down to write because i'm not sure if you've noticed but the bible is kind of a big book and there are many places to start there and honestly that's one of the most common comments from my listeners especially new christians as it relates to bible reading and study where do i start do i read it like a book well if you've ever sat down and tried to read the Bible like a book, you know that it's hard to make it all the way through. And this is really a huge inspiration for this podcast that you know, I will help you use songs that you're listening to on the radio to direct you to scripture so that you can read it for yourself and also to create help you create a habit. Because if it's not a habit for you, I really do challenge you to consider making being in God's word on a regular basis, a habit for yourself this year. And in fact, considering the new year is why I chose J.J. Heller's song this year, when the subtitle is Happy New Year, for um, this week's podcast. So I really love J.J. Heller's folksy sound. Um, I'm not sure if this song is necessarily hitting the playlist at your local or national radio station that you listen to but it's got a great message for a very specific time of year uh, when we're considering the end of a season, 2015 to be exact, and, and what that new year, what this new year that's ahead of us may hold for us all. verse resource that I created for you this week comes from Hosea chapter six. And if you would like access to that memory verse resource, just because it's my way of saying thank you for listening, I create memory verse resources every week. And you can get those for free by signing up at michellenizat.com. But it comes from Hosea chapter six. And it really is my cry to you on our behalf. Okay, you'll understand when I read it to you. It says, Come on. Let's renew our loyalty to the Eternal One. Let's know Him. Let's strive to know the Eternal. And so again, as you can see, it's just a cry. It's like a join me. I want you to know that it is my desire this coming year to renew my loyalty to the Eternal One, to strive to know Him, to really know Him in ways I've never known before. And it's not necessarily, Hosea is not the scriptural area that I'm going to be taking us for the rest of this um, episode. But I love this call as we enter this new year to, again, renew our loyalty to the Eternal One is what this translation says. And other translations say return to. And some of what our New Year's resolutions or our New Year's goals may entail is a returning to. A lot of us want to return to a healthy way of eating um, or return to fostering some relationships that maybe we have let slide. Or return to an active lifestyle, which is hilarious because I never really had an active lifestyle. So maybe it's just starting one. (laughs) But uh, return to reading our Bible more and reading Facebook less or return to a life of prayer. So come on, let's renew our loyalty to the eternal one. And think about what that will entail for us this year. And then our song says, let's fight the good fight and train our eyes to find the light. Yes, yes, yes. Let's keep our eyes fixed on the author and perfecter of our faith. You know, the next call in our verse is to know him. And, you know, um, to to know God is what Jesus defines as eternal life life. So in fact, in John 17, um, uh, chapter 17, verse 3, Jesus is praying to God. This is kind of, this is during his final conversation, his final discourse with his disciples before the crucifixion. And he says, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and the one you have sent, Jesus Christ. He's talking about himself. He's talking about God and himself and that eternal life is in knowing God. And so I want eternal life. And so I need to know God and I need to know Christ. And to know here is to recognize through personal experience and to understand. And there's no way that you can know God through my experience. Now, hopefully the words that I share with you each week guide you to a place where you will personally experience, if not exactly what I experienced, uh, um, at least it it guides you down a path of personal experience. But you've got to have your own personal experience. And that's part of knowing God. And then the next word that I want to pull out of our verse, excuse me, is the word strive. Let's strive to know the eternal. And, you know, this kind of striving involves a pursuit, a chase. You actually have to follow after. There, there's a lot of different ways to indicate if you're a Christian, uh, you might describe yourself as being saved or born again. One of my favorites is to be called a follower of Christ. Christ uh because it it really implies an activity on my part an action on my part and so it's all in the pursuit you know our salvation is not just a heaven card uh, in our pockets a one-time thing it's an active chase a pursuit of achieving that understanding of God and his son again through our own personal experience so I love the word strive here in this voice translation that I'm using for this week because it indicates that there's gonna be work involved you know a little effort so to speak So let's hear it again. Hosea 6 verses 1 and 3 in the voice translation. Come on, let's renew our loyalty to the eternal one. Let's know him. Let's strive to know the eternal. So this brings me to the voice translation. You know, one of my favorite Bible interaction tools is to read scripture in a variety of translations. And so you could read and study and meditate on scriptures that you've become very familiar with in a new translation. And that will bring out a new light when you read it in that new translation, because maybe you never considered that word or that phrasing, or again, it just brings it into a new light. So I'm going to be using this Bible interaction Tool this year because I'm entering into my third Bible read through. I'm joining my friend Keith Farron and his private Facebook group, and we've all committed to read through the Bible in four months. And this is a huge undertaking. This is the third time I've done it. I know it's a lot of work. I'm not going to lie. But for me, it's my commitment to to my Heavenly Father out of a desire for obedience and a relationship with Him. You know, I have this weekly podcast. It forces me into God's Word each week. But I want to be in God's Word because I want to hang out with God not because I need to get my next lesson or my next message out of it. So this year, I'm going to read through the Bible in the voice translation. Again, a, a translation I'm not super familiar with, so I'm hoping that'll help. Um, just kind of uh, keep it life lively. You know, Keith's suggestion is to read it chronologically, and that's what I've done the past two years. I do plan to do that again because everybody in the Facebook group primarily is going to read it that way, and we kind of share our encouragement, walk that same road together. And if you're interested in joining me, I'm going to go And link to Keith's blog post where you can join us on this journey. You too can join this private Facebook group. Again, I'll link to it in this week's show notes and you can access those at MichelleNeesat.com forward slash 97. If you are listening to this after the beginning of the new year, don't hesitate to commit to an aggressive reading plan of your own. You know, uh, YouVersion and Bible Gateway both have a variety of reading plans to choose from. The four-month read-through, again, is pretty aggressive. It requires about 45 minutes of reading every day. It's not for everyone, but I'd love to have you join me if you're at all interested. So what better way to strive to know God and renew our loyalty to Him than to be in his word. You know, my goal is to train your eyes to find the light by staying in God's word. So let's go ahead and follow my weekly plan to use music to help direct us to scripture. And when I'm thinking about a year ending, I think about the fact that it is, is similar to any other ending of a season. You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, December 31st to January 1st, the calendar flipping is obviously the end of a year but you might be in the middle of a season. You know, there's, there are other seasons throughout a calendar year. I work at a school, you know, so the end of the school year ends in May. And so that's the end of that season. Um, Christmas break marks half a school year. I can't believe it's already halfway over. But again, you might be, even though the calendar flips at a a year, you might be in the middle of a season. And seasons are interesting. Um, Now that I'm a little older, I can look back and see that seasons have come and gone. Okay. Sometimes I knew they were ending and sometimes I didn't. You know, um, has that ever happened to you? You look back and realize a season ended and and you weren't really aware of the fact that it was ending. When we had one of those seasons professionally, you know, we worked with an amazing group of people and that season ended so slowly and um, kind of almost secretively that we didn't even realize it until it was all all gone. Okay. And that was one of those seasons where we, it was one of those where we longed for it to return. There was such um, goodness in that season. But we've also learned that we can't live in the past we can savor that season. We can remember the love and the friendship we had, the wonderful moments and the memories. But if we were to try to create it, uh, it wouldn't work. And we've kind of learned that over the years too. And one of the things that's nice about a season is that uh, a season that you see ending is that you can tie up loose ends and then you can invest in the future of those you're leaving behind. I mean, in that season that kind of ended, there were people I think we would have wanted to say goodbye to, but we didn't realize it was ending. So we didn't get a chance to say goodbye. And in this, um, we had another season when we changed churches. So we had been attending a church for 15 years, about 20 miles from our home. It was in a different town than the town that we live in. And so when we felt that God was calling us to minister in the community, in which we lived. It took a little longer to transition than we realized it would, but um, some of it was because God had to get us through that season and kind of get our heart and minds right. And some of it was just we had to unwind some responsibilities uh, that we. That we wanted to do carefully before we took the leap but during that transition we were able to speak life into friendships and we were actually able to say goodbye again this luxury that we didn't have in that previous professional season change but i use these personal examples to lead into a look at a season change for david in second samuel and um so this is where we're going to be the rest of the time but david had been anointed king long before this day. And he had already seen quite a few season changes himself. Um, he ministered to King Saul in the castle. Then he, he went from ministering to the king, to being hailed a national hero in war, to running for his life because King Saul turned on him and tried to kill him at every turn. And as we enter into Second Samuel, It begins, so that all kind of happened in 1 Samuel. And as we enter into 2 Samuel, it begins at another crucial season change for David. King Saul has been killed, and David is about to enter his own season of being king. And before we talk about that further, can I just say um, some seasons can be exhausting and just grievous, to say the least. And I know I'm speaking to someone out there who is like David. You're reeling from a relationship change that you do not understand. So look closely at this area of scripture. As you read larger portions of the narrative to begin to understand the big picture of what's happening to David, pray and ask God to reveal wisdom to you that you might know him, that he might reveal personally to you, personally experience him and gain understanding for your struggle. Okay, So to get to the area of scripture that I want to end our discussion with today, I used another Bible interaction tool. And this is the tool to use is is when you use section headings to give you an idea of what's happening in the context of an area of scripture you are reading. Now, until you are familiar with scripture, you're going to have to do the work of actually reading all of the context, okay? But once you've read certain books of the Bible a time or two, then you will be able to use the section headings to give you your bearings. Like, oh, okay, yeah, that's right. That happened, and then this happened, and then, okay, this is what happened before the section that I'm reading. You understand what I'm saying? So this is what I did this week as I prepared to come to a distinct season change for David to gain some insight as to how he handled it you can do the same thing. You can look at the headings all the way from 2 Samuel chapter one, all the way through chapter 12 to get your bearings. But specifically before we get to chapter 12 in the chapter right before, David commits this great sin. So if you go look at the headings, you'll see highs, you'll see lows, you'll see triumphs, you'll see all this season change for David. But this chapter 11 uh, gives you the context of the season that we're going to be reading in chapter 12. And this is the time when uh, the, uh, the Bible journals... David's great sin. And David is supposed to be out fighting because verse one says it was the time when kings go out to battle, but David stayed in Jerusalem. And during this time, David, the man after God's own heart, the conquering hero whom the Lord of heaven's armies has made a, con- a covenant with, He commits adultery with Bathsheba, gets her pregnant, and then sends her husband to the front lines where he was killed to cover it all up. And so in in chapter 12, Nathan the prophet comes to David and he tells him a parable. And he reveals David's great sin to him through this parable. And he was able to tell David in a way that David was able to understand. And he received it and he repented from his great sin. He repented and God forgave him. In fact, Nathan said, The Lord also has taken away your sin. You shall not die. But God did not soften the consequence of David's great sin. And the consequence was this his child, born from this adulterous relationship, this adulterous, murderous season of his life, this child would die. And then also his family would have repercussions for generations to come as well. God said through Nathan that the sword shall never depart from David's house because of this sin. So if we keep reading in 2nd Samuel throughout, you can you can see it. You can see how the repercussions affect his family going forward. But right now I want to focus on chapter 12 starting in verse 15. I want to read this part of the story, and then I want to make a few comments about how David responded and what we can learn from it. So it says, Then the Lord struck the child that Uriah's widow bore to David, so that he was very sick. David therefore inquired of God for the child, and David fasted and went and lay all night on the ground. The elders of his household stood beside him in order to raise him up from the ground, but he was unwilling, and he would not eat food with them. And then it happened on the seventh day that the child died. And the servants of David were afraid to tell him that the child was dead. For they said, behold, while the child was still alive, we spoke to him and he didn't listen to our voice. How then can we tell him that the child is dead? He might do himself harm. But when David saw that his servants were whispering together, he perceived that the child was dead. So David said to his servants, is the child dead? And they said, yes, he's dead. So David arose from the ground, washed, anointed himself, and changed his clothes, and he came into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he came into his own house, and when he requested it, they set food before him, and he ate. And then his servants said to him, What is this thing that you've done? While the child was alive, you fasted and wept, but when the child died, you arose and ate food. He said, While the child was still alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, Who knows? The Lord may be gracious to me and that the child might live. But now that he has died, why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him, but he will not return to me. Um, David never st- I want to I talk about a few things about his response and the first is that David never stopped fasting and praying he didn't even care for his own life or his own health he fanatically called upon God for his grace and his mercy and his intervention but when the season ended and for this, for David it, in this case it was seven days but and the baby died he got up and he washed up and he got dressed and he went to church and then he went home to eat. And it's not that he was cold and heartless toward the situation, but no more amount of praying or fasting would bring his baby back. You know, like our song says this week, there's no use living in regret. And I want. You to consider that phrase living in regret it's not that David doesn't live out the rest of his days with regret you know surely this sin and the repercussion of it affected David for the rest of his life but he chose not to live in regret you see the difference and, and I want to be really careful as I say this but perhaps you are struggling with a death And I'm talking about a physical death, like like David is struggling with. Consider David's process. He fasted and prayed while the child was still alive. But once the child died, he got up and he worshipped God and he returned to his life. Carefully consider this. This is not coming from Michelle Nizat, the podcaster, who could not possibly understand your pain. This comes from a father who lost his baby. Even worse, he lost his baby because of his own contempt for God. It really was his fault. Not just a feeling of guilt and helplessness making him feel like it was his fault. Listen to the wisdom of of this father while the child was still alive i fasted and wept for i said who knows the lord may be gracious to me that the child may live but now that now he's died why should i fast can i bring him back again i will go to him but he will not return to me can i bring him back again i will go to him but he will not return to me dear one you cannot Bring your loved one back through your grief. I am not asking you to forget. I'm not even implying that it will be easy. You can live on with regret, but living in regret is not what your Heavenly Father is calling you to endure. And there's another. There's someone who's walking through the death of a relationship. Not a physical death, but a death of a relationship. And as long as there are glimpses of life, follow David's example. Repent, fast, and pray. I don't even care if other people think you're strange. Who knows? The Lord may be gracious to you, but when there is no longer life, you cannot bring them back again. Get up, dust yourself off, go to church, and worship God, and choose to live each day again. Now, what is on the other side of this grief and sorrow? Has God abandoned you? Are you now useless? Is the end of this season the end of the story? Absolutely not. Let's read on. In verse 24, it says, Then David comforted his wife Bathsheba and went into her and lay with her, and she gave birth to a son, and he named him Solomon. Now the Lord loved him and sent word through Nathan the prophet, and he named him Jedidiah for the Lord's sake. David comforts his wife Bathsheba. And by the way, he is not the only victim of sorrow and grief. Bathsheba required his care. There is someone in your life right now that needs you to return to the land of the living so that you can comfort them. But now he's married to Bathsheba. Now when they have a child, it is not a slap in the face of God. Not only does God bless them with a son, but scripture says God loved the baby boy. He didn't hold David's sin against him any longer. David and Bathsheba named the baby Solomon. And that's derived from the Hebrew word for peace. But God named him Jedidiah, which means loved by God. So at the end of this unbelievably painful season comes peace and love. And God never left them. next? Well, I think it would be amazing if you would join me in the Bible read-through. I won't even mind if you take a pass from my weekly challenges because you're reading so much during the read-through. But if you're not up to that, I would love for you to pick up your Bible and start reading in 2 Samuel. Start in chapter 1 and head all the way through chapter 12 where we were today. And I just want you to consider how David ended this tragic season and what God might be asking of you. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me directly, michelle at michellekneesat.com. You can hop on Twitter or Facebook and we can talk about what you're learning. And then before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I wanna shout out to Jerome from California, Sherry from Texas, Dee from Louisiana, Dwayne from Tennessee, Erica from Romania, Elizabeth from Arizona, and Dexter from New York. They are my newest subscribers to my website. And the benefit of subscribing is that I will email you once a week. And in that email, you'll get a memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can print it out and place it wherever is convenient for you. You'll also get an email recap of the week's episode and you'll get instant access to any of the resources I create for some of my episodes from time to time. Again, it's just my way of saying thank you. I wish I could meet you for coffee and say thank you face to face, but this will have to do. Uh, So thank you for listening. Just head over to Michelleneesat.com to subscribe today. And then don't miss an episode by my po- of my podcast. You can subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher Radio. It'll come straight into your device. And while you're there, I would uh, really appreciate it if you would leave me a star rating and a written review. This helps future listeners um evaluate the podcast for themselves and keeps me up uh, and visible to new listeners and as always if you take the time to review my podcast I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast well, that's it for this episode of more than a song next week i will use meredith andrew's song soar to jump into scripture thanks to my listener Catherine for the suggestion great word as we soar into the new year and if you liked this episode would you mind sharing it with others i've made it really easy with just one click you can share via facebook twitter or email just head over to michellenizat.com forward slash 97 While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's Word and consider His ways.